did this like i said it was so odd because i was the person that jordan and nolan were looking to like you're the one who's supposed yeah. to know what they're doing and it's like <laughs> i have no idea what i'm doing i just thought this would be a good idea totally yeah so yeah. we're, we're fi- trying to figure it out just uh, feeling the dark yeah i get that totally <laughs> totally but that's a, that's a- to another episode of Willibald Radio. I am uh, off-site doing a little uh, tour today of uh, Revel Cider. So I have with me today the pleasure of speaking with uh, the owner himself, Tark. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good, man. It's going good. Thank you for uh, for having me out to your uh, your space and uh, inviting us into your realm for uh, for a few hours. And For sure. It's, it's our pleasure. Sweet. Sweet. Um, yeah, so I, obviously we're taking a little bit of a break di- today from um, cocktails, from spirits, um, but we're still very much in the realm of the fermentation arts, if you will. So, um, and you know, the, the guys at Revel, uh, both Tark and Steven have become uh, good friends of ours. So we thought, um, let's mix it up. Mix, Sweet. Yeah, mix yeah. it up, no, man. I'm game. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So uh, just kind of to start, like, how tart did you guys get into this because i know um cider is very well cider in ontario is fairly new at least to, to the craft scale there's been cider um imported for a long time whether it be magners or yeah. strongbow but right what you guys are doing is quite a quite a departure from a lot of that and um, yeah yeah so tell me a little bit about uh actually even maybe before that just your origin story man like for sure yeah yeah um, so I went to the uh, University of Guelph for uh, plant science. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be a farmer uh, coming out of high school and kind of decided if I was going to do it, well, I better learn a bit or two about growing things. Um, <laughs> as the degree went on, though, I realized it was more about uh, learning things from textbooks as opposed to actually working in fields. So what I did uh, after my second year was uh, I did an internship at an organic vegetable farm. Mm-hmm in uh copetown ontario which is kind of just northeast of hamilton it's actually technically part part of hamilton now um but the reason i chose that farm specifically was because they didn't just grow organic vegetables um i was always into the organic kind of scene but they also had uh fruits on site they had a bunch of different animals um, Mm -hmm. horses pigs cows chickens almost you name it they had it uh and it was really just to give us kind of or give me um experience doing everything to figure out what I liked. What they did for the interns though was uh, something that's a little bit different uh, in that they uh, they gave us the opportunity to do what they called a focus and basically it was like every Saturday on your off hours you do this focus. Um, you could use whatever resources the farm had to provide. Uh, so I chose fermentation and initially it was things like um, I made a bit of cheese, um, I did a bunch of naturally fermented pickles. Um, also did sorry uh, i'm getting a phone call from who knows who (laughs) for sure okay sorry go ahead definitely yeah yeah um so we did and and then i got into making alcohol of course with almost anything i can get my hands on so Mm -hmm. i did a lot of um like vegetable alcohols too which is a little bit more unusual Mm -hmm. um so i fermented with beets of course a lot of vegetables have a lot of sugars Mm -hmm. Um, carrots do as well which i didn't actually use um i did tomatoes um, which didn't turn out very well. I wouldn't recommend that. No, um, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. See that. I've heard of, you know what, that's funny though. I've heard of people making spirits from beets for sure. Mm-hmm. Toronto Distilling did that. They right, hired right. an organic farmer did that. But also, um, I've heard of carrots. I can't remember what dis- what distillery is. I want to say it's a distillery in the US actually, but used yeah. it at least as like part of theirs. I mean, there's not a ton of sugar yeah, in yeah. comparison no. to corn for or sure. any of the fruits, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, anyways, sorry. You don't know, no, definitely. Yeah, there's breweries that have used, uh, a lot of guys have used beets um i know mckeller uh has used uh carrots before as well really i haven't had that beer yet but uh, i would like to try that mckeller does some cool shit yeah they yeah. do some great stuff they really do yeah um anyway got got into making cider eventually towards the end of the uh, internship and uh came back to university 
um, the year after bought an old wine press and grape grinder off of this uh, really old Italian guy in old Guelph mm-hmm. who used to make like 800 liters of wine in his garage every Come on. year. Really? Yeah. That's and awesome. it, it, his back was giving out and he couldn't get his kids, <laughs> he couldn't convince his kids to, to help him press anymore. So he was selling the... Uh, no wonder his back So That's that's so many yeah, grapes yeah, for one guy. It's actually that It's that one right there? there? Yeah, that that's, was where I did That's awesome. Brushes. That's where it all started? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's um, awesome. And just kept doing so kept doing that in my garage on uh, basically buying apples from uh, from other farmers at that point, mm-hmm. uh, buying single varieties and fermenting them and, and and blending them after the fact to see what you would get out of out of each variety. And we used to host uh, murder mystery parties at my house and get my friends to act basically and just run it like a cash bar all night. Which that's awesome. Not really legal, but uh, no, AGCO, <laughs> please turn off your radios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was how I paid for the hobby initially uh, yes so buy more ingredients experiment from some more yeah um eventually i find out that uh what were you using for yeast early on in that yeah um i, w- I was experimenting with a lot of white wine strains oh white wine strains basically yeah, yeah. um cool. just whatever i could get at the local homebrew store yeah. um god i can't even remember what some of the stuff we used was at this point this was this was almost five years ago now that's awesome yeah you guys have come quite a long way as i look at the thousand multiple thousand <laughs> liter f- uh, fermenters behind you yeah, yeah yeah you've come a long way yeah we're doing <laughs> eighty-five thousand liters uh, this year <laughs> as opposed to whatever 60 liters that we <laughs> actually we probably did a couple hundred liters in that garage overall but uh, anyway i i found uh u- the university was giving out grants to uh to undergrads or alumni mm-hmm. um to start businesses <laughs> so I uh, applied for the, fr- it was basically the first cohort of businesses to apply. Um, you had to submit a business plan and then you do like a um, Dragon's Den style pitch competition, mm-hmm. which I uh, brought uh, bottles of Perry that I had made again in my garage from a pear tree that would happen to be growing in the backyard of this house me and my buddies mm-hmm. are renting. So just to clarify, if you're not aware, uh, Perry is just pear cider essentially yeah yeah, yeah. perry yeah. is yeah essentially fermented pears just yeah. like wine is fermented grapes and cider is fermented apples cool yeah um and uh, what i had actually pitched in that competition was that uh we were going to make the first ever cider in the world that could hold a head so uh just to give you some basic background cider doesn't have a whole lot of proteins like beer does so it mm-hmm. can't hold head um and i had all these ideas to make it but the actual Perry samples that I brought to this competition were not that at all. It was just kind of cider I'd made and said, "Hey, show the judges that I have something." But it was re- it was a really hot day, and um, the Perry had been in my backpack, and so we we open it, and it's crazy <laughs> foamy, of course. Um, and they're like, "Oh yeah, there's a great head on this," and I just didn't say anything. And they gave me some money, and it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so that was how uh, that was how I got the initial kind of uh, grant to fund out uh, fund our really really basic like branding and exercises and stuff like that. Yeah. Eventually, won a bit more grant money, um, more legitimately. But <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's so, hilarious that it started from that. Just having warm ciders in your backpack, basically. Like, oh, he's yeah. already achieved it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, I just rolled with it. So that's awesome. Here we are now. Um, going past that, I, I rented space from from West Avenue Cider for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if anyone listening is into cider at all, they've heard of West Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Chris been, is good at what he does. Yeah, yeah. I sure. mean, he's been voted top cider in the province uh, year after year, mm-hmm. basically. Um, I think I think we are the only other Ontario cidery. Like, we, we've won the second amount of awards yeah. <laughs> to that's all right you're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're gunning for chris chris yeah yeah and you know what we're we're uh, we're moving in different directions which yeah. is awesome i mean mm-hmm. they're we're, we're both trying to occupy our own niches and i really shouldn't speak for west avenue too much but it, it kind of seems like he he does play on the funky side a little bit but mm-hmm. he really makes clean cider very well and he's all about the uh, estate cidery he's yep. got his own farm now and um we're more about really embracing mixed fermentation and mm-hmm. um of course we want to have the best apples that we can find but um for us it's it's really more about the bacteria and yeast and alternative yeast strains like Britannomyces and stuff like that mm-hmm. 
uh, more in the sense of like Spanish Sidra. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I remember, um, I actually remember talking to Chris about this when we went and toured it there. And it was so weird because you were definitely there that day. Yeah. Two yeah. years prior when we were there just yeah. randomly, you were obviously very busy doing your thing and we yeah, were just yeah. there touring, drinking, watching. And little did we know that we would, our paths would cross later. But yeah. Um, yeah, even then I remember Chris telling me that, um, that, they were they were more they really wanted to compete with like the champagne like sparkling wine totally. business right yeah, yeah and if you look at kind of the a lot of the like I mean they do a lot of like they do Volo and they do yeah. like um, Bellwoods and Arabella and, and some cool bars like in Ontario but yeah they also attack the the high end restaurant yeah uh, market which is really something we had not explored at all um, our the majority of our sales were, were just keg sales for mm-hmm. for quite a while and uh just having stuff in you know fancier bottles like we've mm-hmm. done a couple oh. bottles here um just a few months ago we found our sales have drastically increased just because we, we hadn't even touched that market yet but even when we go into those uh places we we still pitch it differently um because our products are very different we we like funk we like sour um mm-hmm yeah that's that's you definitely you guys definitely like funk yeah for sure and that's what (laughs) that's what we love about you guys and that's where we see a lot of parallels is just very much pushing the boundary um and i love i love that you guys aren't afraid that's one thing that you guys i will say this openly you are probably one of the more fearless producers out there yeah Um, i mean you just have an idea and you attack it and run with it and make it work yeah I, i love that i love that and not a lot of people have the balls to do it yeah fair enough really? balls or, or, or naivety yeah. basically they go hand in hand <laughs> yeah, they go yeah. hand in hand trust me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man that's awesome so you started from there you you know you're at west app for a bit yeah for a couple then, years yeah um, and then what? so yeah our first year at west app we did twenty thousand liters our second year we did thirty five thousand liters and uh this is our now our third year in commercial production mm-hmm. um and we did we did uh eighty five thousand liters mm-hmm. this year so and now it's that's a big step up Totally, totally. You know, you know, going from twenty to fifteen, you know, that's about fifty percent roughly, and then up yeah. to eighty-five. That's that's almost, quite the jump. That's yeah. over two hundred percent, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, almost three times, not quite, but yeah. Um, it's been an amazing ride, and and people of, of Ontario have been super, super supportive, and now we're um, we're talking to people in different provinces now, um, BC, Alberta, really, um, California as well. Awesome, um, awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And we, we have plans to explore Halifax as well through through Stephen's connections. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, we're off to the races now. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. I, um, when I kind of got into this, I was exposed to like, I'm sure the average consumer and the, the average person listening, like, so, you know, you had Summersby. Yeah. Yeah. You had Magners. Right. Um, to be honest, the only ones I knew about really up until recently was Magners and Strongbow. And that's just because I would mix it with Guinness and do like a totally. black velvet. That yeah, was man, my extent of cider exposure for yeah. like the longest time yeah yeah um and then i came across west ave and yeah. then you guys and i'm trying these ciders that are wild fermented and hopped and yeah. all like and i'm just like jesus this is almost <laughs> this is like we're it's, almost creating beer here it's a different product yeah entirely like you I have mean, these funky wild flavors that are very reminiscent of beer yeah. but very much cider yeah yeah exactly you uh, know, you know it's, it's it's very reminiscent of beer because we're using those ingredients but then the acidity is like is it sour beer? Is it wine even sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how you ferment it? It's it's a really cool middle ground to play in because we can uh, borrow from both the wine industry and the beer industry. Mm-hmm. And then there are also cider traditions in Europe that we can pull from too. So mm-hmm. we're really just pulling from as many different sources as we can and finding what we personally like because obviously you want to make what you like to drink. For sure, absolutely. And that's the most important thing. And that's the best way to create great products is you know, never settle for something that you don't love and you wouldn't drink all the time. Totally. You know, like, don't get me wrong. I don't necessarily want to go home and crush Willball Gin every single night, (laughs) but I love the product and we made it because it is something we would drink. Yeah. If we weren't exposed to it every second of every day. I hear (laughs) you. It's it's the same way for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for us really, um, we were chatting earlier a little bit. Uh, we're, we're good friends with a lot of the, uh, the top breweries in the province. Mm -hmm. Um, and and to, to name the to name a few, uh, Bellwoods, Burdock, Stone City, um, Tooth and Nail. Um, obviously, there's plenty others that I'm 
you know, we could name but we'd be here forever yeah um but guys that are making really the best beer and and, and so sorry these are these are all guys we sell to now um to their tap rooms and it's yeah. it's amazing having that relationship but also just being able to drop off a couple kegs and buy a, a four pack and, and drink that at home it's, it's oh, amazing it's a, it's a great relationship that's an awesome relationship yeah. i remember one time burdock reached out and they wanted to buy some of our um, barrels that we had yeah yeah and they're like would you um would you take payment in beer? Yeah. I'm just like, I look at Jordan, I'm like, hell yeah, I mean, I'll take payment in beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding me? For Burdock? That's yeah, amazing. Shit. Yeah. yeah, I will do that. <laughs> you know? Definitely. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So do you guys have like a, yeah, a mainstay cider, like your kind of flagship? Yeah, we do. Um, but we're thinking of discontinuing it, actually. Really? Um, so I'll, and I'll tell you a bit more about that. Yeah, uh, please. After we talk about it, actually. Um, it's called Liquid Gold. Mm-hmm. Um an okay name <laughs> never been in love with the name but the cider actually is, is not bad um it's a clean cider for the most part that we do with a uh, sylvian blanc yeast mm-hmm. um, because all of our tanks have uh, our house brett strain in them um they're all porous tanks so you can never clean them entirely mm-hmm. um so they do tend to get a little bit of a uh, brett character towards uh, kind of the end of the summer so so we press in the fall of course and then we age and ferment over the winter and then release stuff in the spring and then in the summer when it warms up brett kind of wakes up and uh and adds a little bit mm-hmm. but um the cider for the most part is uh is very tropical uh very similar to um new zealand sauvignon blanc yeah i was just gonna say the same yeast strain that those producers are using yeah because that's very common in the sauv blanc from new zealand is those like tropical notes yeah that's tropical uh, fresh like juicy peach yep. like yeah those kind of character um and, th- and we're we're making it with uh heritage apples grown in ontario so a lot of uh, uh spies um a lot of spies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we use russets if we can find them. The last couple of years have been bad for russets, but uh, the first year the blend was twenty five percent russets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's varieties like those that have uh, good acidity. Often, if there's any tannin, it'll be low, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate. Um, so we're really because I mean any good, really really good cider has some proportion of tannic apples in it. Yeah. Um, so we're doing the best we can with uh, what's available to us in Ontario, mm-hmm. but. Um, Liquid gold is, uh, it's got 16 grams per liter of sugar. It's filtered, back sweetened, um, which is fine. And it's what kind of people enjoy. And and it is, we enjoy it too. Um, but as I said earlier, we're, we're trying to really embrace the funk and, and uh, souring bacteria and, and all these kinds of things. So mm-hmm. um, we'd like to, I mean, I would like to switch that out for a more Spanish style um, cider. Okay. Probably something that's not still, which is um, common in Spanish cidra. Um, probably be either conditioned or forced carbonated, but mm-hmm. um, a lot drier, almost essentially no sugar added, no preservatives. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really the direction of the company. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. And I remember the last time that we were here, mm-hmm. uh, you were just pulling samples off of everything for yeah. us to try which was <laughs> yeah, awesome yeah. um but some of the stuff that you're talking about turning into your flesh it was super dry yeah like i'd never really had anything like that dry mind you my ex- like my exposure to cider outside of yours and west Ave in terms of like high-end quality very high quality ciders is very limited yeah but i'd never truly really tried anything like that for sure so where's like the inspiration for that company i know you've mentioned spanish mm-hmm. uh, a couple times is yeah that, like what that about is... like describe their style i guess for the most part so because i know myself and i know probably some of the listeners won't don't necessarily have a good understanding of what that is or have sure. the exposure to it so yeah yeah so so a lot of people don't even think about spain as a cider producing region um you think spain and you think wine really Mm -hmm. Um, but there are um, certain regions of Spain um, Basque and uh, the Asturias region specifically which it it almost seems like the people of these regions don't consider themselves Spanish like they speak a different language oh no totally the Basque region like they've been trying to they've been trying to seek independence for a while yeah you know what I mean like they are like now we're doing our own thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) totally and and, and from what I've from what I've read it it seems like um, I guess the Romans that occupied the the lower lying areas of Spain planted grapes and um, the Celts who occupied the the higher um, almost more mountainous regions planted apples because that's what does well there and it's 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 they've kind of invented a totally different culture basically what they do is they they um it's completely spontaneously fermented Mm -hmm. um so they don't pitch yeast they actually will press they'll grind the apples and let the pomace sit and let the wild yeast really kind of soak into it Mm -hmm. 
and uh, then press into uh, massive chestnut fooders, a fooder just being a, a bigger version of a barrel. Um, and uh, fooders are all, sorry, uh, chestnut specifically is also a lot more porous than oak. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I've never, oak. I've never heard of chestnut being used in uh, in a fooder. Yeah. Usually it's it's like oak or yeah. cypress or, you know, Douglas fir like we use. But totally. I've, ne- I've never heard of, I've yeah, never heard of and, chestnut. And That's interesting. The real um, kind of impetus for those uh, um, cideries in Spain to, to use chestnut was that it was cheaper. Interesting, um, and that's often how a lot of these traditions develop. Totally. It's kind of whatever you have access to, right? And yeah, what do you have available? And it was great. So, hmm. so they use that, and um, it's it's as I said, it's a lot more porous than oak. Yep. Um, so what actually happens is a very oxidative environment for for making cider, um, and that's great because when you ferment um, almost anything, I I, you, I know you've talked to, to me about this in in the distillery. Um, you often get a lot of um, H2S or hydrogen sulfide mm-hmm. just during, it's just a product of yeast fermentation. And um, that component oxidizes out over time. So fermenting in an oxidative environment and letting oxygen into that product um, gets rid of that off flavor. But then if you keep oxidizing after that, what often happens is you get acetic acid development. Acetic acid, of course, being vinegar. Yeah. Um, so these uh, Spanish cidra is very acetic. Um, and the different, like Basque region is, is, is a bit more acetic and Asturias is a little bit less, but mm-hmm. um, they're both extremely, um, well, not extremely, but a lot more acetic than, than any ciders almost in any other part of the world. Um, the only other, the only kind of equivalent is English scrumpy, but they're using different apples. So English scrumpy? I've yeah. never heard of that. What, what is that? Yeah, yeah. So um, in in um, the UK in yeah. general, they have uh, access to a lot more tannic apples. Okay. Um, in Spain, they don't really have uh, very tannic apples. They have a lot of high acid apples. Okay. Um, so scrumpy, uh, oh man, if you if you talk to anyone <laughs> from the area about scrumpy, there's a lot of stories about like throwing dead foxes into the batch or whatever to get the, the crazy wild yeast. I mean, I don't know if I believe any of those stories, but Come those on. are the stories. Yeah, really? Yeah, That's my girlfriend's uh, parents are from Birmingham, and yeah, her dad dead just foxes goes on about scrumpy always. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna pitch that idea to Nolan. <laughs> yeah, see, it, see what happens. You know, you guys are gonna get, might get some funky whiskey batches out there in the next yeah. couple years. They're they're they, they are all also often acetic but they often have a tannic character too which yeah. is which is different decomposing foxes different. yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah, know from, from the apples not from the foxes but yeah i, mean, I, I guess theoretically the foxes would give you yeast more nutrient but. yeah yeah extra calcium in the bones yeah extra calcium <laughs> right? extra nitrogen from the from the muscles you know, yeah i don't know oh, that, that's amazing that's i've never heard of scrumpy or uh, foxes being thrown into any kind of mash or war before so that's yeah. awesome thank you for educating me on that <laughs> for sure for that's sure. cool but that's the Spanish wine, the um, you know, being that dry, being that like acetic, yeah, it's um, it's. I find Europe has a very different palate. I'm not surprised sure. to hear about those flavors. Yeah. Whereas, like, an, I find a lot of the North American palate. I know even when we're making cocktails, for instance, yeah, the sweeter cocktails always sell. Definitely, you know, Definitely. I, maybe it's just because it's more approachable initially, for sure. And you didn't grow, and we didn't grow up on that. So, for instance, you know, our parents didn't grow up on these acetic ciders to pass them on to the kids. No, no. So, how would you ever try them? Yeah, right? and and even uh, like most of us have grown up on either juice or pop, and it's like mm-hmm. that's why Coolers and Summersby did so well, really. Um, and it's really just now with, especially with like the sour beer uh, revolution and uh, and and natural wine coming into play that that acetic cider now is a place at the table really yeah. right like if you're trying to do this 10 years ago people would you know you wouldn't be in business basically yeah, for sure and, and one thing that i'm always amazed by is that you know for the longest time we had a lot of mass produced artificially produced very processed um everything food drink what what have you right yeah yeah but um you know the unpredictability of the ingredients and the natural environment for instance wild fermentation whatever the flavors that you get will always be more complex 100%. not always better yeah you yeah, did, yeah you know yep, not, not always, always better, better. i do sure. jump batches but yes <laughs> absolutely but like the the complexity that you know the complexities that you can get you can't recreate manually it's just you need to let it do its thing and let nature do its thing mm-hmm. and yeah, you can't you can't replicate that no matter how hard you try. That funk yeah, that yeah. everyone loves in like a well not everyone, but right. that people love in beer and they love in cider, like I can't create a f- well I mean, it's hard to create that in a lab. I mean, we're, yeah. we're trying to create that more consistently, of course, because we are running business at the end of the day. Yep. Um and, and trying to give our you know, 
give people something that they can expect consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are certain things you can do. So like we don't, we do let things just go, but we do it with intention. Um, so we, we try and help the wild yeast and wild bacteria along every point we can, um, whether that's temperature control or nutrition or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so, you know, we, we are borrowing a lot of techniques from, you know, older bygone eras, but applying um, modern science to try and do it better and more consistently. So, are you, okay, that's 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 awesome that you guys are kind of applying the new meets old. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, I mean, having the knowledge now of what goes on and not yeah. applying that to old traditions and making them work seems like a waste. Yeah, you're, you're, you know? you're handicapping yourself. Totally, Yeah. totally. So how do you guys know, I mean, this is kind of a stupid question. Is it just when a cider's done, it's just measuring the sugar content? Yeah, for so the most part. When, when it's done fermentation. Yes. Yeah, so you've got... No. primary well prime primary fermentation or do, does it work like that with cider like it does beer like sometimes there's tertiary fermentation in right. beer, right does right, it right. like work like that in cider as yeah, well we, I, we don't really have a, a secondary fermentation yeah. um i'm kind of so i'm, I'm kind of on a fence about this um, okay. there's no traditionally defined secondary fermentation in cider because um all the sugars that you find in fruits are simple sugars so yeast ah, and bacteria true. blow through them in one shot whereas in beer you have more complex sugars um just from the mashing process yeah that some yeast can't digest and but then the wild ones can, can slowly like vault like essentially pick at yeah pretend yeah, yeah. yeah particularly um can definitely uh continue to ferment other things um we do find insider actually that uh Britannomyces does find certain things to pick at um whether it's um so so saccharomyces the um the clean strain Mm -hmm. basically the you know the strain that everyone uses for the most part um it'll ferment fast and then drop out and then over time its own cells will actually explode in um, a process called autolysis Um, and when those cells uh, break down Mm -hmm. britannomyces can actually cannibalize those compounds that are then released um so britannomyces can eat a lot of different things and we're not even sure everything that it's eating yeah. but that's why we see in the summer for example um bread start to really express itself huh. um because it's just that's when the yeast are the uh the saccharomyces are breaking down that's when uh temperature is is rising to a point where bread can be more active mm-hmm. And, and the sack, like the sack, have they have a harder time with those higher temps generally too? For sure, you know, for especially sure. in Ontario. Like, yeah. I mean, when it gets it's humid, it's hot, it's over thirty. Yeah, it's not ideal for most spe- like species of of sack. For, for sure, sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then, and with some notable exceptions that you guys are using the distillery as of well. Of course, but, yeah, uh, we haven't uh, tried those strains, but I mean, we'll lend you some kvai. Don't we'll lend you some kvike to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. try. Might <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, Might for sure. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well for for us because we um because we press in the fall and mm-hmm. then ferment over winter, we don't really have an issue at with the primary fermentation going at a high temperature because yeah. all we have to do I mean it gets pretty cold in Ontario too. Of course. So yeah. all we'd have to do is really turn on the heaters for temperature control um during primary fermentation. Yeah. But um there is another um set of kind of fermentations that can happen and mm-hmm. that's with the acids actually that people don't think about often because um a lot of people think about fermentation with, with from the beer lens essentially um but with cider and wine as well um you have what's called malic acid and malic acid is the same acid that um you know big candy companies will use in their uh, for example like jolly ranchers or warheads mm-hmm. um those are very like green apple malic character and that's if you think about eating a granny smith that's malic acid interesting and uh, i I know of malic acid like they use it in cocktails sometimes if um if you're trying to create uh flavors without using juices yeah because they expire right guys will blend acids to recreate citrus flavors that they can use uh then using cocktails that won't perish yeah yeah so uh, yeah i could totally see that i've I've heard of malic being used to uh, in you know in conjunction with other acids to replicate, you know, lime and other things. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so in cider, um, in, in in apples, av- on average, you're you're looking at about about eighty percent um, malic acid and twenty percent citric acid. Um, that's that's your acid profile. But malic acid is actually digestible um, by certain yeast strains and by um, well lactic acid bacteria. So, Enococcus, Pediococcus, um, Lactobacillus. Um, can all digest malic acid and actually turn it into lactic acid. Really? Yeah. So Interesting. what happens is, uh, and, a lo- and a lot of under, so, so the process is actually called malolactic fermentation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so if you're thinking about a, a kind of a secondary fermentation in, in cider or wine, that would be a malolactic fermentation. Cool. Um, and, and what that happen, what, what actually happens is um, lactic acid molecule for molecule is um, less acidic than malic acid. So by turning malic acid into lactic acid, you actually get more of a creamy character. Interesting. Um, so that's why they often do it in Chardonnay, because they want that character. Yeah. And, and most Spanish cedar has also gone uh, uh, malolactic fermentation. So you get like the creaminess, but then you get like a little bit of acetic character, which is like zippy at the end and a little bit spicy at the back of your throat. Yeah, like almost like uh, tart and spicy simultaneously. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. I mean, if you're... And, and, and anyone listening to this that's you know come out of the sour beer world or is into sour beer at all, um, you know that lactic acid is the main sour component of sour beer. But um, it's such a different way to think about it in, in fruit fermentation because it's because it's less acidic mm-hmm. um, than malic acid than, than what we start with. So it actually it tastes more creamy. Of course, lactic acid is also the acid found in milk. So mm-hmm. it, that's kind of where the creamy association gets to it. Interesting, yeah. Um, in, in sour beer, of course, you just have uh, such a high concentration of lactic acid that it actually starts to taste sour as opposed to creamy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I Yeah, I never really would have associated, I think, um, not knowing um, the creamy flavor with, with that. That's, yeah. That's really, really interesting. Totally, and it's just having it at lower levels. Yeah, and like, I, I totally recognize that in Chardonnay. Yeah. Now that you say that, like, that creaminess, almost, like, buttery in some instances, right? Yeah, yeah, and so, some of that is the barrel, but a, yeah, but yeah, a lot yeah. of for, that I've is, heard of that with European oak, for sure. Um, yeah. And, but that's interesting that that is probably also you know a contributing factor for sure yeah yeah that's really cool yeah. i didn't know that and yeah. then <laughs> that's awesome and another thing you guys do too okay you know going on after like post i'm talking post fermentation now yeah. of course sorry i'm kind of segueing all right it must be for late sure. in the day my brain is fried <laughs> um but you know all the barrels behind me yeah you know a lot of these are your barrel conditioning but i you are you and steven are huge on uh, adding fruit yeah. and doing like essentially fruit bombs in a keg. Yeah, yeah. Right? Essentially, yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, tell me about some of the stuff recently that you sure. guys are working on that you're super excited about. Yeah, so something we just kind of released that's um, at the bars right now is um, a strawberry cider that we did. This one actually didn't see barrels. Um, how we did it was we um, we fermented the base cider with 10 different strains of bread. We find actually you get a lot more funk out of bread when you give it extra sugars. It seems like the initial fermentation is often um, Saccharomyces, regardless of whether you've pitched Saccharomyces or not. Um, and really waiting for the Saccharomyces to, di- to die off, like bread hangs around, it's almost immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, giving it an extra sugar source after the Saccharomyces has died really enhances the funk. Um, so what we did actually uh, is add a ton of strawberries, like 500 pounds of strawberries to 600 liters of cider. So I think it was... <laughs> that is um, so many strawberries. It was nuts. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, I think, uh, we, we, we try and measure in grams per liter because we're in Canada and metric just makes me more sense than pounds per liter. Yeah, like honestly, um, <laughs> can we, I'm, any That's American listeners, I'm just going to apologize, but... They're nothing more aggravating yeah. than driving yeah. through a state and being oh, like, yeah. oh, it's only a quarter mile. It's like, how friggin' far <laughs> is a quarter mile? Like, yeah, that's not yeah. a measurement. I'm I sorry. Mean, <laughs> I, I'm American myself, and it's, yeah, it's it's brutal. Um, well, I'm good. Then I'm not yeah. totally unfounded <laughs> if I have you agreeing with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're going to Vermont this weekend, and, yeah, it'll be fun to get back into all of that. But anyways. <laughs> sorry, side note. <laughs> But um, that was uh, that worked out to be 373 grams per liter of strawberries, which is like um, if you think about like a liter of water, um, that's about you know it's 1,000 milliliters, but it's also about 1,000 grams. Mm-hmm. Um, so to do 373 grams per liter. Uh, it was pretty nuts. We called that cider so much for subtlety. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome name. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, our naming scheme is uh, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd, and so a lot of these are like <laughs> random spaceship names from the, the Culture series. Really? It's written by um, Ian Banks, who's now dead. Um, but basically has really, really weird names for the spaceships. And yeah. That, that was one of them, actually, which worked perfectly which is, for the cider. That's um, <laughs> like, you couldn't ask for a better one. Yeah. Seriously. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I was going to congratulate, I was going to 
going to congratulate you. That's a clever name. But yeah, now, yeah, no, no. no it's, we we can't borrow take credit. from things that we like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's all. I see you have a sample here for us. What's this? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, I'd love or, to try a different sample first, if that's cool. Yeah. So what I was thinking, maybe we'll just we'll pop one, we'll try it, and then yeah. we'll keep talking. And we'll Great. Keep talking about the barrel stuff because I for know sure. there's lots to cover there. So let's just uh, definitely. Yeah. Open. So while I while I open this. Yeah. Um, what is that? So this this right now uh, is actually a, a crab apple cider. So the the crab apple variety was a hislop. Um, it's a little known crab apple, and uh, what actually the the reason we really like it is because it's um, a lot higher in tannins. The apple itself is uh, is really really cool. It um, when you cut into it, the uh, the flesh of the apple is actually pink because some of the tannin from the skin has actually bled into the. Into it's the like fruit. leached into the flesh. Yeah, Interesting. yeah. So like it has like a, a pink outer rim when you cut into the. That's really cool. The apple itself. That's awesome. And where yeah. are they native to? These these apples, do you know? These apples, I believe, are native to North America they specifically. Are. Yeah, these these hislops. I, I'm I'm not 100 percent on that, yeah. but uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, what actually happened was, um, so so we really like tannic apples, as I mentioned uh, earlier. Um, but what happened was during prohibition. Um, so y- you don't want to eat a really tannic apple. Mm-hmm. You can't sell it as an eating apple. They, they call them spitters because they just dry out your mouth because all the tannin. Yeah. Um, so what uh, the government. Uh, both Canada and the United States knew was that if you had crab apples or tannic apples um, on your farm, you were making cider. So the FBI actually had a government-sanctioned uh, mission to go to farms and cut cut down and burn those trees um, because they knew you were making alcohol out of them. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. That's it was, really cool. Yeah, that's it, a cool fact. It's 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 really cool, but it really handicapped our industry. Cheers, cheers. That's interesting. Hmm. Oh, the nose on this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So this is um, basically three trees up in Godrich that um, that survived prohibition that no one found. Um, so they're really old trees, and we buy all the fruit off of these trees every year because they're freaking beautiful. So it's th- literally just three trees. Yeah, yeah. So and, got, and so how much of this do you, are you... Yeah, yeah so we got 800 liters out of it last, last that's year. That's a fair amount. That's more than I would have guessed from three trees. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're, they are fairly old, so they're, they they're produce big. well. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it's just three trees, which is in a single orchard, um, forgotten about by prohibition. And uh, the apples themselves are so beautiful. We um, we fermented this with a, a clean wine yeast, um, which I feel like you get on the aroma. Um it kind of, kind of comes in the form of like orange zest, like a macerated orange jelly almost. Yeah. Um, and that like a, like an unsweetened marmalade. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, marmalade is a great, <laughs> great description. I think actually I wrote that on the bottle. I really? just was <laughs> <laughs> looking for the, the word in my yeah. head. Um, but yeah, uh, very, very marmalade to me. But then it actually, um, so we, we aged on the, the gross leaves for 10 months, which is really when you say leaves, I like, I know yeah. what you're talking about, but just to clarify, for sure. So that's just the dead yeast cells dead yeast from cells. primary fermentation. Yep. So normally the practice is you rack off of those dead yeast cells because you can often get off flavors if you leave it on those dead mm-hmm. yeast cells for too long. But um, us kind of wanting to make all the mistakes ourselves, um, <laughs> decided to age it on the uh, the dead yeast cells um, and the majority of the dead yeast cells right mm-hmm. in the. So we didn't basically. Basically, we just got we filled a tote full of this cider, pitched yeast, and left it for ten months. Wow. Um, and what happened was it it got the thickest Brett pellicle that we've ever seen. So a lot of like it's not just orange on the nose; it's like funk. Yeah, too, yeah. Because I was gonna say it's it's like you, when you were describing clean, I'm like. I mean, yeah, I get some clean, but I also There's definitely, definitely get there. some funk. Yeah. yeah, and it was under a really, really thick pellicle, um, and that funk carries through to the um, through the flavor as well. But then the the most fascinating thing about this cider really is is on the end of it the the tenons that grip your tongue. Oh, after, totally. Which is like it's like just dominating the center of my tongue right now. Yeah, yeah. Which like, is like unheard of in, in in north american cider because no one has access to good apples in any volume so it's like we make this and this is a specialty product but like this should be the flagship because this is what real cider yeah, is. yeah like that's the dream right yeah. like that's yeah. that's what you want to be creating and just don't have the ability we just don't have the raw materials yeah, yeah yeah and i mean we are doing um a lot as an industry to um encourage not only encourage farmers to to replant these varieties but yeah. also um you know buying up acreage and planting them ourselves and 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 so you know revel personally doesn't own a farm but um we're working with the university of guelph um so they've actually planted uh, i believe 29 varieties of uh, either old cider apples
apples or crab apples, yep. um, just varieties that are high in tannin. That's awesome. Yeah, they, they, they've got a uh, they've got a test plot in Simcoe, and basically we're going to be doing the fermentation trials here. So their their kind of test was not only to see you know do these apples do well in Ontario, what root stock should they grow on, but also the second part now is. You know, are these what's the, the market for them yeah, and how, yeah. how do they work exactly. and how do they perform in yeah. the post um, you know cultivation point or yeah. the post uh, harvest point rather how does it work in a cidery yeah you know and, and what yeast and bacteria strains so, and they came to us not only because we're also having to be in Guelph but also because we really enjoy experimenting with different yeast and bacteria strains so that's That'll be a big, just do side-by-side trials with tannic varieties. I'm so, so unbelievably excited for this Yeah, project. absolutely, man. That's cool to be kind of on the forefront experience and like experimenting with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously that's a huge compliment to you. Obviously they see thing, they see the progressive nature of what you do. Yeah, yeah. And um, the fearlessness at which you guys kind of tackle this and are totally. like, oh, this is the perfect partner. So that's that's big kudos to you guys. It's obviously a big statement of, of what you guys have built and what you're building it's it's really exciting i'm yeah <laughs> that's awesome man part, part of it's also i think um because uh escarpment labs also happens to be in guelph so yeah. of course ontario's only liquid yeast supplier you guys use them in the distillery yeah. um and yeah there's just i had richard on here uh, right yeah a couple episodes right. ago that's right i forgot about that yeah yeah um but yeah i mean we're, we work really really close with them um he and i actually won the same grant from the university originally to start oh, our businesses awesome. yeah so that's how that's how we met in that little uh, incubator program um, he was in the second cohort and i was in the first but yeah um and and both of us really like he's got he's just got a war chest of of yeast strains and bacteria strains that, that we're is just an pulling understatement out of. He, yeah <laughs> yeah that was the yeast master man yeah yeah absolutely it's super cool yeah for sure this is that was amazing that was really really nice i've never had a cider like that even in the ones i've had of yours yeah and of you know of chris's and whoever else it's, i've never had one like that it's yeah really, just really nice. and it, it, it's 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 crazy because it's such a simple concept making cider with the right ingredients right like yeah oh, <laughs> it's just abs- absolutely yeah no that's that's fantastic What's the, what's this other one we have here? Yeah, what's yeah. This? So that one's a little bit more um, fun. The reason I wanted you to try um, so that other one's called uh, Bittersweet Freedom. The reason I wanted. Sorry, you I'm to not forcing. I'm not trying to force you along. I'm just For like, sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm curious. That I was just definitely I've, that one was so freaking good. I can't wait to dive into the next <laughs> one. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I just wanted to um, wanted you to try that one just to get an idea of like what good apples and fun yeast and bacteria do. So now we can move on. Yeah, I've never. Basics. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's basics. I don't know. That's more of the advanced. <laughs> right, right, that's, right. That's it, phenomenal. It, it is more uh, advanced for um, Ontario. Um, what we're making and what we're drinking. Yeah. But um, it should be basics. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, for sure. But um, so this one um, is called uh, Emergent Property, and we did it. Um, so let's just take you to take you right through the process from beginning to end. Um, yeah. We uh, threw in some lactobacillus, um, so it's a lactic acid bacteria, turns malic acid into lactic acid, um, but also creates lactic acid straight from sugars. We actually found that we didn't have a lot of lactic acid creation from the lactobacillus, but we did get a more like lemony aroma and kind mm-hmm. of flavor, which is like similar to what you get in Goza style beer or yeah. Berliner Weiss, um, well, New World, I guess, Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Um, but, um, and, and the reason we, we wanted to do it in the first place was to do a Goza-inspired um, cider. So Goza, for anyone that doesn't know, is a beer that you do. Um, it's, it's made um, in, I believe, Gossler, Germany. Yep. Um, and um, they do it with lactobacillus, and they do it with... The, the water is actually a little bit salty, um, so you have, like, a, a, a sea salty kind of yeah. water base, um, a bit of acidity from the lactobacillus, and then they often do it with coriander as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so we wanted to do what we what we've done basically for a few years now is something called Apfelgoza. So Apfel just being apple in German. Yeah. Um, to stay true to that tradition. Yeah. Um, we don't really stay true to too many traditions here, but uh, no, but that's the cool. naming at least that was cool. Um, so we did that and add, added sea salt as well um, and coriander yep. to do our Apfelgoza. And the acidity actually in, in in our drink comes just from the apples because, like I said earlier, we didn't really get much lactic acid out of the. Um, like straight lactic acid production out of the lactobacillus. Yep. For sure, we got some conversion through malolactic fermentation. But um, setting that aside, what we did after is put that cider, that apple goes into tequila barrels um, and then added fresh lime. Nice. So this is almost just like margarita vibe with the sea salt oh, and the lime. I'm and, so and into and that. Tequila barrel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun to drink, basically. 
Um, you don't, it's, it's a cider you don't really have to think too hard about. You can think about it if you want to, but it's just like straight up. Oh really man, between the half of the bottle we have left on the last one and that, <laughs> I, uh, I might have to call Jess and be like, hey, <laughs> we got into some killer ciders tonight. You're going to have to come grab me. I'm, I'm so sorry. We, uh, can, we can get her some bottles. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, this is... Uh, this is a real treat, Tark. I appreciate the the yeah, sharing no here, man. Well, I, I've always believed sharing is caring, but it's, uh, <laughs> this is this is nice level. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. So, and this one, this one's called uh, Emergent Property. I definitely, definitely get the coriander. Mm-hmm. To me, coriander has this classic, oh, like citrusy soap note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, if I, I if I smell coriander, it's like. Instant. Totally. Yeah, and we, we we toasted all the coriander before we oh, yeah. we added it, um, just because there's no real hot side when you make cider. So we, just talking to brewers, they often add it um, during a portion of the brewing process where they they're adding heat and they find they get better flavor extraction from it with the the heat. So we just toasted it ahead of time. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. The aroma on it is just so you it very margarita esque. Yeah. Uh, not as heavy as a, t- a tequila aroma. Yeah. Necessarily, but the coriander, lime, like all these very fresh, refreshing. Like I think of this and I just like take me away on totally. to a beach just let me crush this beautiful ontario cider <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um one thing also to uh to note about about both of these ciders is that they're they're all they are zero sugar so there's there's no sugar at all in them and any i mean you don't need sugar to make a beautiful product so no that's... but the problem is is like a lot of times sugar i find mm-hmm. in both modern food and drink is it's used to cover up other things off flavors or what have you or definitely well among other things but yeah that whereas like you try something like this and and this which is lovely yeah yeah, um you know you don't you don't miss the absence of sugar and i have a sweet tooth so from for me to say that who Mm. could literally live off of processed sugar yeah that's that says a lot yeah yeah, like this is this is phenomenal thank you man this is absolutely phenomenal it's um yeah it's it's just a lot a lot of fun to drink the other thing to do um the other thing that we can do if we're not adding sugar is we can leave cider unfiltered and i i truly do think that the filtration process strips a lot of flavor out Mm -hmm. well i even find that in in, like in spirit production for instance um when you talk about vodkas you'll try a lot of vodkas that um the quote-unquote craft producers will have made Mm -hmm. and you'd be like wow this is really nice and silky and yeah all those things because you know what that's what the grain is giving you yeah yeah but a lot of these um kind of mass-produced vodkas are heavily heavily filtered versus the uh, small producers which aren't so any that res- like kind of residual oil and like heavier f- like body flavor, anything that gives it the v- vodka texture, yeah, that, and yeah. you're like, wow, how does this, you know, Dylan's vodka or whatever vodka have texture? Right. And, you know, my absolute doesn't. It's like, because they've filtered the shit out of that. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Which, yeah. I mean, when you're talking vodka, that might be what you want because right. you just kind of want a neutral spirit to, to mix with, right? Yeah, yeah. But in things like anything, like for instance, our gin, that's why we don't filter our gin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or filter it, sorry, we do filter it purely for charcoal particle because we okay. age it. But yeah. we filter the absolute maximum micron filter we can purely right. to remove as little flavor as possible. Yeah, you're just trying to get the charcoal bits almost more straining than... Yes, filtering. essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like we don't even see really any color reduction at all. That's how fun, that's how, that's how like, big the filter is essentially the pores and the filter are but yeah yeah um again yeah just because you, you know you, you spent all this time creating these cool flavors yeah it's such a waste it's crazy yeah yeah it's crazy to strip it right out at the end right right it's and like what's what's the point why uh, not just pitch turbo yeast and <laughs> exactly let it go nuts and yeah, just yeah. say here here you go you know what i mean yeah yeah just quick turnaround product yeah right? screw like, it at that point yeah. right <laughs> i know it just seems like such a waste to do it the other way you know yeah and and, and the other thing too is uh if we're not adding sugar then we don't have to add preservatives too which i mean yes which is night and day right yeah, and then people yeah. nowadays like yeah we're still talking alcohol but mm-hmm. at the end of the day like why would you take those types of things in your body if you don't have to yeah yeah you know? and, and and what we find too is actually you get a flavor component from certain preservatives really? so like potassium sorbate for example which is heavily used in the wine and cider industry mm-hmm. um what it does actually is it prevents yeast from uh multiplying so if any yeast have escaped your filter um, you, you don't have it fermenting in the bottle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you don't bottle bombs, basically. Because yeah, if, you're adding, <laughs> if you're adding sugar to anything, he's, uh, Mother Nature wants to ferment oh, sugar. Oh, for sure. And right? everyone, I mean, anyone who is a, like, who is 
loves wild ferment like ferment or sorry bottle conditioned beers yeah has i'm sure they've had one experience where a bottle oh, yeah. opened prematurely or yeah you know yeah. It, it happens 100 but you don't want that to be you don't want that to be you yeah exactly <laughs> and and these last two that we've tried are both in bottle condition because again we're not adding preservatives so mm-hmm. we might as well bottle yeah. conditioning gives you you know tighter smaller co2 bubbles it's like champagne like it's it is beautiful. this one is like literally it's like a kind of a very like lime forward tequila cocktail champagne but mm-hmm. that's that's essentially what it is yeah. really yeah you know like sparkling too it's yeah beautiful yeah it's, it's absolutely beautiful it's a lot of fun I'm, I'm really really proud of this and we'll be releasing this uh next week awesome to bars and restaurants that's sweet yeah yeah that's sweet and um yeah, that's one, I guess that's one thing we should touch on is like availability of your ciders right now. Yeah, I mean, you sure. guys are really only dealing with the um, the uh, restaurants and bars. Yeah, bars and restaurants. Um, yeah, licensees in the um, industry speak. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, so uh, yeah. So why, like, for instance, you know, we're in a warehouse right now. Yeah. Obviously, you would like to have an added element to this, and that being a storefront. Yeah. So why don't you tell the yeah. listeners why? you can why you're you chose this space versus others because that, For sure. that's a thing that a lot of people don't know definitely yeah so um you know we would we would love to have a farm not only because we can um grow better apple varieties but also because in ontario legally to have a retail store you have to have five acres of orchard the, the law actually says vineyard because we're regulated like a winery mm-hmm. um, they consider us fruit wine so which, is, says, which isn't wrong yeah really. yeah fair enough yeah um that's not yeah i mean obviously it's not wine because it's yeah. not grapes but um but you know i'm happy to make it easier for government officials to understand <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um yeah so the, so the law says you have to have five acres of vineyard attached to the production facility in order to have a retail store so in order to have the bottle shop mm-hmm. um we would love to have a bottle shop and sell to people we get requests for that every week Mm-hmm. Um, almost for the last three years straight, but uh, basically, you know, being a you know, I'm 24, didn't have a whole lot of cash, so it was really either buy equipment or, you, you know, maybe buy land, which realistically then was still out of the question at that point. Yeah. Um, so we bought equipment, um, and and we can sell to licensees, to bars and restaurants, or we could sell to LCBO. The only reason we don't sell the LCBO is uh, is margins are really really thin there. We yeah. we just couldn't afford to, because. Um, the LCBO uh, takes a portion of so the LCBO takes a portion of all of our sales, regardless of if we're selling in the LCBO stores or if we're selling to bars and restaurants. They still get a cut, but if we sell to a bar and restaurant, they get between twenty four percent to thirty eight percent. Right now, um, if what you does sell, it vary? It varies based on packaging size, okay. which is a really stupid thing to. That's insane because even yeah. for us, it doesn't really vary based on package size. I think for us, it's like. Well, how sad is this? We get a twenty percent commission from the LCBO oh for selling our own product. That's, that's how they, that's how it's worded. It's oh a commission. It's like, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you yeah. for paying me to sell my own product. Yeah, it's <laughs> <Right. laughs> <That's> so thoughtful. <laughs> that's just it. Like they don't help you make any yeah. any of these sales, but yeah, I mean, so if we're selling a keg, for example, to a yeah. bar or a restaurant, it's about twenty four percent of the sale price that they get. Mm-hmm. And if we sell a uh, bottle, it's thirty eight point five percent of the sale price. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I've just never heard of that before. I didn't know yeah. it could vary like that. Yeah. And then in the LCBO stores themselves, if we sell through them, um, it's fifty eight point six percent of the sale price that they keep. Sounds so about just right. like, and yeah. then they also make sure that uh, you're, you're legally not allowed to sell at different prices in the LCBO or to a bar or restaurant it has to be the same price. Yeah, once you're once you're in with them, yeah. whatever that price is, like they will always get the lowest price. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. So there's just no there's just we can't make any money there. Yeah. Um if we were selling in the LCBO, we'd be out of business tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's the real reason we're looking at um you know, just bars and restaurants and the export market. So different provinces as well as California. Mm-hmm. Um it just yeah, it's, it, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I but the one thing I admire again is just the unwillingness to compromise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could do it an easier way. You could yeah. do it a cheaper way. Yeah, and you can make a mainstream cider. Totally, you absolutely could do that. But mm-hmm. you're not. You're sticking it out. You're staying in the trenches. You yeah. know, you're fighting it out. And um, ultimately, like short short term, it's tough because I mean, you know, out of fairness to the LCBO and out of fairness to the AGCO, like this is new. Mm-hmm. This craft business spirit cider 
not beer it's relatively new beer's been around for a while you know mm-hmm. but yeah. more so the spirits inside of thing it's new they're trying to figure out how to handle it yeah right yeah. and it takes time to do that yeah but you know props to you guys um because in the long term it'll pay dividends and totally. it, you know that's These are the companies that will survive the ones that don't compromise you can't compromise yeah. just because the road gets tough doesn't mean necessarily um it, you know it may cause you to stay up at night and it may cause you to like maybe think about changing your path but the fact that you guys uh you know the focus is quality and creativity yeah that will ultimately that that's a winning strategy period and that's what we try and incorporate too in our stuff and probably the reason why we get along as well as we do mm-hmm. is because you know just that unwillingness to it's make, that mindset yeah you, you have to have that yeah you can't learn it you can't buy that no that's, that's no it's something just, you, you gotta you, you gotta be you gotta play that hard game yeah you gotta play hardball sometimes and it's not always fun it's no. actually a lot of time it's shit yeah but it's just it's <laughs> honestly but that's that's how you get respect yeah for sure and and, that, and that's the reason we've had um you know agents from all of these export markets reach out to us yeah okay? that's it's not awesome. like we're that's going man and 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 canvassing for these for these export markets right yeah, we you, don't have i time mean for well that. you don't even we're two guys <laughs> yeah and you and you were telling me you were telling me earlier that you guys don't even like you're not actively really selling as much yeah. it's more so just you get calls you sell everything you you're just essentially making deliveries exactly yeah yeah which That's, is in itself is i think a testament to what you guys are doing and the quality of what you guys are doing yeah you you can't you can't just rely on people calling you up in any business unless you're doing something exciting that people want to buy yeah so i mean hats off to you my man Thanks, that's buddy. that's re- <laughs> that's really exciting appreciate it um we have one last cider to try? yeah 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 so uh, cool. this one we just poured out of the uh, out of the barrels earlier oh nice um it's got a it's got an interesting like uh, almost like a little bit of a rosy uh hue to it totally yeah yeah, yeah. so um so this came out of um actually a, a rye barrel from dylan's um it's been in there for i want to say about four or five months now why not uh will it ball barrels oh, nah, I, mean, I, 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 I don't think you were around nah, maybe nah, nah, i don't I'm think you, I'm, yeah. I'm just fucking teasing <laughs> yeah. just, just a buddy it's all good yeah yeah no for sure i mean we would love to get barrels from you guys we would <laughs> i'm just kidding um, i'm just i'm just playing yeah yeah no for sure um we've been bugging dylan's for uh for a barrel for ages so we finally got one <laughs> but now you're closer that was when we were at west Ave. yeah dylan's yeah, yeah, was closer, yeah for sure so. for sure uh, but this is a uh, yeah they I guess they finally released their um, their barrel aged uh, rye so this is one of those barrels that they emptied um, it held their rye for four years and then we actually added nectarines to the cider I smell it yeah it's it's yeah. two hundred grams per liter of nectarines and that's also what you're getting that slight blush from the smell on it though the nose on it is just it's it's amazing it's um it's a very clearly like nectarine yeah. peach um it's it's Lovely. like just straight stone fruit which is i mean that's what happens when you fruit at these crazy rates which which is another thing that really sets us apart from even other people making fruited ciders mm-hmm. you know everyone's watching their bottom line we watch it but not as closely <laughs> i mean we watch it but we're well i mean as closely but we're more yeah, careful yeah. about um anytime we get fruit in here's how we think about it we we say to ourselves what's the least amount of cider we can make with this much fruit and still not lose our shirts yeah basically um and that's that's where you know so much for subtlety came that's exactly the calculation we did you know we got a call from a, a farmer in agra said he had some extra strawberries at 70 cents a pound we said how few you know how few liters can we there make are so many to still <laughs> there are probably business degrees that are listening to this right now being like oh my god yeah. man like give me your contact info we need to have a chat yeah yeah <laughs> no, but you but know what our cider our fruited ciders especially we're, we're fruiting more heavily than any other cider in the province oh no doubt about that yeah <laughs> yeah and that's i mean you can taste it and oh absolutely it, like but that's i feel like that's the only way to really get those flavors come through is just you gotta commit you gotta go for it yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah, yeah yeah that's uh, this is fantastic man this yeah. is another another great one i still think my favorite one though is the first one yeah yeah i just i've never like i don't know i've never had anything like that it's it's amazing totally it's you amazing know. like not not to take away from this this is lovely the yeah. last one was again the tequila one was again also like something i've never had before but the first one was 
just amazing. The first one is so cool because it's so few ingredients that you just are letting shine. It's really just the apples yeah. and the microorganisms that are just like singing. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, so these are all zero sugar yet sometimes, and, and we've talked about this before, you yeah. can get some sweetness totally. uh, other ways without adding sugar. So how is how do you do that? Yeah. Like sure. how do you insider? So there's a few different ways you can do it. Okay. Um, for us, um, any you know sugar addition should be like um like salt in your soup just to bring out other flavors basically um that's how we use sugar more as a spice than anything else if we were going to use it um but if you're using sugar as a spice of course there's other spices and other options so um in these last two that we tried they're both barrel aged Mm -hmm. um so oak will often give you kind of the uh, perception of sweetness um oak has vanillins so it's really that you know those vanillins which are of course the primary component of vanilla bean um that gives you like a vanilla flavor everyone associates vanilla with sweet yeah so you have vanillins it, you think it's sweet um heavily fruiting stuff even though all the sugars in that fruit is fermented fruity flavors people associate with sweet so you almost think there's sugar in it but there isn't yeah um, you can actually use vanilla beans the same way which we have done um but th- the most exciting way for us to do it um is actually to use perry mm-hmm. um i love talking about perry yeah no please <laughs> please man please um, and, and 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 you had it actually the last time we were here yeah um, i have uh, a ball at home that i have right, not nice. opened yet and i know that goes against a lot of things that i myself talk about <laughs> and yeah, that yeah. you talk about but I just it needs to be opened at the right time because it's just so you know what man it's so freaking good man <laughs> there's not gonna be any more of that for another at least 12 months so save it yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. I definitely <laughs> will be um, but uh, Perry uh, to backtrack a little bit uh, we'll get into that one uh, later um, but Perry has a, an unfermentable uh, sugar it's actually a, a sugar alcohol so it's called sorbitol pears naturally produces as a sh- as a stress response um, the actual plants themselves and, um, sorbitol, um, being a sugar alcohol tastes sweet, but it's basically a sugar with an alcohol chain at the end. And that alcohol chain at the end prevents it from being, uh, digested by any, almost any microorganism. I think there's a a specific strain of, it's like a really obscure strain of lactobacillus that can ferment it to a degree. Yeah. But but not completely. Yeah. But not completely, but anything else like humans, for example, can't even digest sorbitol. Um, so it's, it's, and and it really is the holy grail of fruit fermentation, because like I said earlier, there's no complex sugars in fruit, so they all get fermented out and, um, often ciders and, and, and wine as well can benefit from a little bit of sugar just to enhance the fruit character Mm -hmm. and, uh, having a little bit of sorbitol in your peri is like amazing. Um, so our plan is actually to, to blend a little bit of peri into, um, our, our apple uh, ciders to give them to, to, to enhance the fruit character but do it in such a way that we don't have to filter again and we don't have to use preservatives because sorbitol is a stable unfermentable sugar alcohol yeah it's yeah it's that's awesome i'm so happy with pears yeah pear, <laughs> pears are pears are awesome and i like i said that pear that peri that you gave us yeah was like yeah that one was a next lot, level a lot of fun to next make level. Too. i still think though that might be my new favorite that's, of, that's of yours cool. that that's first really one cool. but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's 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 really interesting I, f- I find that really interesting that um you know you can add sweetness or have sweetness be, still be an element mm-hmm. if you want it but you can do it in a natural way i think that's yeah. i think that's really important and that's really critical and i think that's what you know that's what we try to incorporate is like let's find a natural way to do this and if we can you really have to sit down and question like is it worth it you mm-hmm. know and um, there's always gonna be a time when it's just like okay I want to try something and just I, I have to do it a certain way and it yeah. may not it may conflict it a little bit but uh, ultimately sticking to what you believe in is, is key right and i love yeah. and when we love what you guys are doing so thanks man Appreciate cool it. okay well we love what you do too <laughs> that, thanks man thank you thank you yeah yeah gin uh yeah we love gin so i'm glad that you love our gin yeah (laughs) (laughs) um cool man is there anything else that uh, you wanted to get across anything about you know the brand anything you guys want to talk about that's new and exciting that might be coming out shortly or anything yeah i mean um i guess uh next week uh tapache is going out tapache um we do for day of the dead in cinco de mayo every year it's a traditional mexican recipe um actually in mexico what they do is they use water as a base the only change we've done is we use cider as a base 
Um, and what it is, is it's a lot of uh, fresh pineapples, um, skins and all. Um, that's where they get their, their wild yeast for the actual fermentation to make it traditionally. And they also use baking spices and uh, unrefined sugar. So we do all of that, but uh, just use cider as a base. And that's going out, Dave did it obviously next week. So yeah, look out for that. That sounds delightful. Bar. Yeah. That sounds delightful. Cool, man. Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, I look forward to that and I look forward to the many releases ahead. Uh, Tark, thank you no for coming man. on. It's sure. uh, It's been great. Um, we have to get down to finishing these now half open bottles of cider. So we yeah, should probably yeah. let everyone else go <laughs> so we can uh, do our thing. Sounds good. Okay, Tark, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you? Uh, at in Guelph, yep. um, you know, 62 Dawson Road. Yep. It's uh, behind Mike the Movers. But yeah. if you want to come by and, and try a couple things, obviously, I, as I said, I can't sell you any bottles, yep. but we can definitely do uh, do tastings and, and tours. So. Yeah, and I'm sure giving you a heads up is probably is probably pretty yeah. key yeah. too, yeah. So just to make sure you guys are here because it's only two of you, right? Definitely, we're so. we're often on the road going down to Niagara to get fresh fruit or whatever. But my cell number is on our Instagram at yep. uh, Revel Cider. So uh, yeah, shoot me a text. That's awesome. Give me a call if you want to come by. Cool. And then Instagram. Yeah, at Rebel Cider. At Rebel Cider and, f- and Facebook. Facebook, at Rebel, Rebel Cider. Cider cool. Twitter, same thing. But yeah, our Instagram is really where all the news goes out. Cool. So, uh, you know, follow follow Rebel Cider. Get that in your uh, in your regular Instagram routine. Uh, for us, as always, we're Drink Willibald. Uh, and we're Willibald Farm Distillery at uh, Facebook. Um, I think that's it for now. Wicked. Cool. Cheers, man. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Yeah,